0: Just Man's the Podcast. What is up, my friends? Welcome back to another episode of Just Man's the Podcast. Today I am sitting with my coffee. If you guys are familiar with me, I kind of go back and forth with coffee. I feel like some weeks I'm drinking it, some weeks I'm straight matcha, some weeks I'm nothing, and especially when I am so pregnant, I have been going back and forth just because if you've ever been pregnant before, you know that sometimes things sound good and then the next day they can sound like the last thing that you want to put in your body so there's a lot of aversions there's a lot of things that change during pregnancy and i've found that literally like last week i was like I don't want coffee it doesn't sound good i was doing matcha but then i was also just doing straight herbal tea now i'm like i want coffee but i want iced coffee and let me tell you the situation that i've been doing because I didn't even know they made this until we went to a different grocery store the other day. And I am talking about Groundwork coffee. I love their bitches brew, but I only thought it was coffee grounds. So I only thought you could make it hot in the pour over. I had no idea they make a cold brew concentrate of their bitches brew and I'm not even joking. The Bitches Brew is my favorite coffee to date. So I was in Sprouts the other day. I saw their coffee concentrate and I was like, holy shit, have to try this. So it's a cold brew concentrate. And basically what I do is I put a little bit of filtered water and then equal parts of the coffee cold brew concentrate. And then I pour some organic whole milk over it and put some ice, stir it up drink it with the straw in my little Amazon cups. And if you want to know where my Amazon glass cups are from, I feel like everybody has these, but they're the best for iced coffee, matchas, water in general. They're just the best little beverage. They're even good for beer or kombucha. They're the best little beverage glasses. You can go on my Amazon store- storefront and find those. So that's the situation that we're in right now. Lennox is actually sorry if I'm out of breath. I'm so damn pregnant. I woke up this morning and I turned to Lucas and I was just like, I- I'm so pissed that I'm still pregnant. Like, how am I so pregnant still at this point? And he's like, Amanda, you haven't even approached your due date yet. You need to chill. And I was like, easy for you to say. You don't have a seven pound human being in your belly. while your 26 pound toddler is trying to climb all over you and wanting your attention 24 seven. So <laughs> I digress. Anyway, I, yeah, I'm still pregnant. I forgot where I was going with that, but we actually, fun fact, just took Lennox's, one of his crib sides off. So we transitioned him to the toddler bed and it's been Interesting. He's only slept in it for a night and then he's napping in it right now. And it's been interesting because we use the Sniggler crib, which I really liked because it can go from an infant crib to a toddler crib and then to a toddler bed. You just remove one of the sides of the crib off and then you have your toddler bed. And I was like, yeah, this is great. Until I put him down and he was totally fine. He transitioned so well. He cried for maybe 10 minutes and was confused and then went back on his bed and fell asleep. And then he fell off. He fell off of his crib And thankfully, I put his, I shoved his ruggable padded rug underneath his crib because I was like, if he falls off, I don't want him to fall on the hardwood. So he fell off and he literally, I was like, do I go in? Do I move him? Do I put him back on the crib? And I actually, I texted my group chat with Allegro, which you guys would have heard that episode go live last week. I put the... Oh, now that I'm thinking about it, I might have given birth by the time this episode goes out because I think this episode is going out the week that I do give birth. So, you know, maybe maybe I have given birth at this point and you guys are like, "Amanda, what are you talking about?" Anyway, this was recorded before. Um, I texted the group chat that I am in with Allegra and Amelia and I was like guys what do I do do I move him back do I leave him on the floor and they were like leave him like don't go in and wake him up just leave him and so we did and then when we were going to bed he was still on the floor like he didn't wake up from the fall I mean he's literally maybe eight inches off the ground so it wasn't a hard fall at all and it wouldn't have woken him up but I was like, what do I do? And so Lucas went in there and moved him back onto his crib. And then sure enough, like 2 hours later, he's like halfway off his crib, like his head's on the on the mattress and his body's off. And then he just moves to the floor. Then he's like scooting himself closer to the chair where we read books. And I'm like, "No, I I need to just go in and move him back." But last night when I tried to move him back onto the mattress, He was drenched in pee. Like literally the kid has been waking up drenched in his own piss for the last probably three weeks, probably three times a week. And I finally bought overnight diapers today. But when I moved him back, I was like, shit, I can't leave you back on your crib when you have piss all over your body. So I had to change him. And at that point, it was like 3 a.m. I'm so pregnant. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to deal with putting you back on your crib and you crying and screaming and me having to come back in. You're just going to sleep with me. So he just slept with me for the rest of the night. He woke up at like seven, but I was able to sleep a little bit longer and Lucas took him. But anyway, the whole point of that is like it kind of went well, but I'm, I'm dealing with like the falling off situation. And so I went to Walmart today and I bought a guardrail like a bed rail. And I don't know if I want to use it yet. So right now he's napping and he's still napping without the guardrail or the the side of the crib up. So he can fall off. But he's been napping for over an hour and he's staying on the mattress. Like he has not moved off the mattress yet. And I have a feeling that if I put the guardrail up, he's going to not be able to like climb in and out as easily, which I want him to because I want him to get in the habit of waking up and playing, reading some books, doing his own thing so that mama can sleep a little bit longer and so can daddy, and when the new baby comes, he can kind of entertain himself a little bit before we, you know, have to get up with the baby and he doesn't he doesn't wake the baby up. So it might be wishful thinking, but I'm hopeful that he really gets used to this and adjusts to it well. I also bought one of those doorknob childproof covers. So on the inside of his door, he can't open his door because he is tall enough to reach the doorknob. But he he doesn't really know how to like turn it. I think if he really wanted to, he could totally turn the actual doorknob. So I just bought one of those childproof covers and he has no idea how to do that. It's like... <laughs> It's probably the most frustrating thing in the world. I can imagine if I'm a toddler trying to reach for the door handle and it just keeps spinning because it's like it's covered with something. You can't open it, (laughs) but it makes me feel more peace peace of mind because I was like, I don't want him to wake up and then go explore in our bathroom or accidentally one night leave the baby gate open and then him fall down the stairs and like all of these things, you know, these are the things you have to think about as a mom. I also bought those little outlet covers. My child is 21 months old, and this is the first time that we've bought outlet covers because he just wasn't interested in them ever. But now that he's in his room and there might be mornings where he wakes up and he's playing in there for like 30 minutes before we go grab him, I just want to make sure everything is baby-proofed. So I digress. I want to get into why I wanted to hop on the podcast today. And this week, what I really wanted to talk about, I feel like a lot of my life lately has been pregnancy, baby, motherhood, and while that I'm sure is relatable to a lot of you guys, and I'm sure a lot of you like listening to that, and it's what I'm going through right now, so it's obviously going to be top of mind in what I talk about, I'm kind of getting tired of talking about it, and I'm kind of getting tired of really focusing all of my attention on it. So what I wanted to talk about today is something that I feel like a lot of people go through in their twenties and something that I have gone through just in the last few years, especially becoming a mom. And now that so much is different in my life, I am married now. I have a house now. A lot of my college friends don't live in the area or if they do, they have their own lives going on. There's just a lot of different things going on in my life than there were when I say graduated college or before I even found out I was pregnant. And I feel like if you're in this post-grad phase of your life or mid-20s or even late 20s, even if you're not a mom or you're not a parent, I feel like something that we all go through in our 20s is shifts in friendships. And what I mean by that is I feel like We go through middle school, we go through high school, and some of us form really core groups of friends. We go to college and you might go to a state school where all of your friends also go, or maybe you guys are going to college like two hours apart or two hours away from each other, but you guys still reconnect because when you come home for holidays in summer in college, you guys are hanging out with each other because you still live in your hometown and your parents still live in your hometown, and so... I feel like a lot of us have these friendships for so many years and we don't even realize that they're no longer serving us. It kind of just becomes this thing where, well, I've been friends with this person since I was 15 years old and we still live in the same hometown. And now finally I'm getting to the point where I'm thinking about moving away post-grad And I'm reevaluating these friendships. Or maybe you're not even thinking of moving away, but you're finding yourself back home after college in the same area that all of your high school or college friends are. And you're kind of finding yourself not satisfied or craving other things, or you are going to dinner with the same friends you've had for so long. And you're like, this is kind of awkward now. Like I don't feel like we have as much in common and it's kind of like pulling teeth. And so I wanted to talk about this topic because I feel like I was the type of person growing up who never had a big group of friends. I want to say I, my last like big group of girlfriends was like ninth grade. And then after that, I really stopped gravitating towards that. I never had from 10th grade on, a group of five, six, seven girlfriends that we all did everything together and we were like this click and we were this group. I never had that. I always had one friend over here, one friend that I met through volleyball, one friend that I met through my class, one friend that I met through Orange Theory. Like I always just had like three solid girls that were my friends or I was always hanging out with like Lucas and his friends or my brother and his friends. So I never was the type of person that had this big girl group. And I never also was the type of person that felt like I needed to stick with a girl group just because I had been friends with them for five plus years. And so I don't know. I feel like I really learned from a young age that It's so important to reevaluate the people that you're surrounding yourself with because you are literally the culmination of the five people you surround yourself with. And so when I realized that people I was surrounding myself with in terms of friends in ninth grade weren't really serving me and were kind of holding me back from my truest potential or me feeling like I could be myself and explore the things I wanted to explore. Once I realized that, it became so easy to audit my friends. And if I ever got into a friendship again that no longer served me, it was really easy for me to just kind of cut that friendship off. And I don't say that in a malicious way. It was just something that I got really good at was making sure that I was surrounding myself with the people that lifted me up and that served me for this time period. Because I think that where a lot of people kind of, I don't want to say go wrong, but get stuck is that they feel like because I've been friends with this person since diapers or middle school or high school or college that I have to continue being friends with this person throughout my life. And I think we don't realize that a friendship is also like a relationship. And so if we were always expected to stay with our high school boyfriend or a middle school boyfriend just because we've been with them since middle school, like imagine how terrible a lot of our relationships would be if we felt the need to stay with the people that we had just been with from a young age. And so I think it's important to look at friendships that way to say, yeah, this is a relationship. This is a a two-way street. And is it giving me everything that I need in this moment of my life? And I think that's what I really want to talk about I think when it comes to friendships in your 20s, for me, at least, this is how it had to, I kind of ran through the checklist. And if you know me by now, I am a Virgo rising. I love a good list. I'm such an organized queen. I'm routine oriented. I love a structure. And so I, when I, when it comes to like friends and I don't do this intentionally it's more of a subconscious thing when I'm gravitating towards people and choosing to spend my time with them it's sort of this subconscious list that I run through and so what that list includes is I think it's really important that you and your friends or the people you're choosing to spend your time with have similar values and hobbies So, for example, for me, it wouldn't make sense for me to be best friends with somebody who absolutely fucking hates kids or only wants to go out on the weekends and stay out till 2 a.m. And their idea of a fun night is going clubbing like that just doesn't make sense for me because I am a mom and because I'm so wellness oriented. Like, I don't feel like I have craved friends or like really chosen friends who go clubbing on the weekends and like that's their primary hobby since like maybe my sophomore year of college. And not to say that there's anything wrong with that. It just, you have to have similar values because this is, this is the thing. If your hobbies and passions and values aren't aligned with your friends, you're either going to have tension and conflict constantly Or you're going to find yourself in situations where you say, why the fuck am I here right now? This is not bringing me joy. And so those two things, constant conflict and constant, why am I doing this? Like, why am I putting myself in situations that actually don't bring me joy and that I don't love those things are going to lead you farther away from yourself and therefore farther away from your potential. I think the sooner that you're able to really live in alignment with what you desire, and again, don't get me wrong, these things will change. Like right now, I'm not craving clubbing or nights out with friends. Who knows? When my kids are 10, maybe I maybe I do crave a night out with a girlfriend and, and getting crazy, you know? Maybe when I can actually drink again. But these things will change but you have to ask yourself what makes me happy right now? What are my hobbies right now? What are my values, right? So if you are friends with somebody who uh, let's let's take the um let's just use politics for for an example, which this can apply to so many different things, but I'm just going to I'm just going to talk about politics here because it's the easiest, it's the most obvious uh grab. If you are friends with somebody who has very, very different political views than you, and these views are things that they very much align with, they identify with to their core, if they are completely opposite of yours, I think it's really hard to be friends with that person because not that you can't have conversations and still be civil with people that have differing differing views. I actually think it's important to surround yourself with people who don't just completely agree with you but when you have such opposing views in a lot of aspects of your life that you believe to be true about yourself it's just going to cause a lot of conflict a lot of conversations where you're constantly disagreeing a lot of not being able to understand each other and again I I don't also think that you need to be friends with somebody who completely aligns with you in every single belief that you have. I don't think that's healthy either, but there's a balance, right? So I think if if you're listening, you know what I'm talking about. Like you know those friends that like everything you say and these are honestly in my experience, these are friends that like You've been friends with us for so long, maybe since high school. You guys both go to separate colleges, you do your own thing, maybe now you're in a different state or maybe you're living in the same area, but like you've you've had some time apart and you've had some time to grow individually and you realize like okay, they very much have found more of who they are and I found more of who I am and these these values that we once were bonded over have kind of shifted and now are things that are a little bit more polarizing. I think these are the type of friendships I'm talking about of like realizing that now we actually don't have much in common in terms of our core beliefs, our core values, and our hobbies. And so if that is something that you are dealing with, I really encourage you to take a hard look and be like, is this somebody that I can keep around and have a civil relationship with in terms of like, is this a healthy conflict? Is this like a healthy amount of – we agree on these things. And then here are a few things that we actually don't agree on, but it's, it's like challenging in a good way. It's stimulating in a good way. It's not something that's going to leave you frustrated and yelling at one another every single time you guys go out for dinner or you have, you come over for a glass of wine because that's the last thing you need in your twenties, which I'll get into is high maintenance friends. <laughs> and I'll get into that in a second. But. Yeah, I think similar values and similar hobbies are really important to have in your friends in your twenties because the twenties are a time to be selfish, and I think this is this is true for anybody. I mean, you could argue this at any stage of your life, but I think the twenties kind of get that rep the most of of the your twenties are your selfish years. And even if you're a parent, even if you're a mom like I am, I I really do subscribe to that because. This is the time where you're forming a lot of your core beliefs and you're figuring out a lot about yourself. And I think that's important because I think it creates the foundation for you to find your purpose in life. And we'd all rather be doing that sooner rather than later, right? So that we can live in alignment with our soul's purpose as long as we can, as long as we have on this life. So I, I think that when it comes to being in your twenties, make sure that you're first really paying attention to your own self growth and what your beliefs are and what your passions and hobbies and values are. And then Don't be afraid to audit your friends. If you're realizing you're in a season of life where you've really stepped into your own and you know who you are, at least for the time being, because again, obviously we're all going to grow and evolve and change, but you know who you are and you feel so confident in this. And you're looking at your friend from college who you guys were maybe roommates for a while and now they're on a very different path than you. It doesn't have to be this huge... Devastating thing. It can be as simple as, "Huh, I'm noticing that we are kind of growing apart in terms of the things that we once bonded over are not those things anymore." And you're you believe a lot. You believe in things that I don't necessarily believe in now. And you really enjoy doing these hobbies that sound very not interesting to me anymore and that's totally fine. I think that we sometimes make it this huge thing like this big friend breakup when yes sometimes that is warranted but other times it just means that you grew apart and it doesn't have to be this big thing because here's the thing you guys can be on your own separate journeys right now and then find five years down the line that maybe you actually do have a lot in common in five years from now and you want to hang out more again. So like it doesn't have to be this big thing. I think we need to normalize like having fallouts with people that aren't fallouts. It's more of just like we're growing apart from one each other right now and it doesn't mean that we won't ever come back and reconnect but right now it's just this isn't a, a relationship that is serving us right now because it's a mutual thing right like as chances are if you're not gaining much from this friendship in terms of joy and stimulation and connection I I would really argue that the other person isn't either. Like I I find it hard to believe that if you're not getting that from somebody, chances are they're probably not getting that either. Like it's not going to be this thing where someone's like, oh my gosh, like I feel really, really connected to you still. And I don't see that these dinners have been awkward and we don't have anything to talk about. Like I'm sure they get the hint, you know? The other thing I wanted to chat about, which I sort of briefly mentioned, was high-maintenance versus low-maintenance friends. And I think this is the thing I was touching on back when I was talking about my experience in high school when I shifted from having a girl group to really just having like two or three really solid best friends and then hanging out with Lucas and then hanging out with my brother and his friends. But I really realized that I am more of a low-maintenance friend. And so I think, again, when we're talking about friendships, it's such a two-way street. So it's so important to know know enough about yourself to pick and choose the friends that are going to complement you, right? So I feel like I really just discovered a lot about myself. And I was like, I'm a really low-maintenance friend. And what I mean by that is like, I don't need to see you every single day. I don't need to talk to you every single day. In fact, I would probably prefer to talk to you two times a month like over the phone and then, and then primarily where I would love to like have our connection is in person. Like I'm not someone who's texting constantly. I'm not calling constantly. Sure, I have friends who live in my city and I do text them or call them more because we can actually plan and get together and, and meet up. But I also have friends who live out of the the state or who live in different cities than me and we still are friends, but we both have this understanding that like you can be so busy and I can call you two months from now and we'll pick up right where we left off and it's like nothing ever happened. That's what I mean by a low maintenance friend. Someone who's not like constantly texting you, constantly calling you, being like, I haven't heard from you in so long. Are we not friends anymore? (sighs) No, like I can't. I can't do that. I need to have friends in my life who understand like my life is busy. There's a lot going on. I'm not going to be on my phone all the time just texting you back or calling you back. I have other priorities and I respect that you do as well. And so I feel like I'm this way with my relationship with Lucas too. Like we're not people who text each other constantly if we're not if we're not with each other because I think we value more connection in person, like in-person connection, phone calls, that sort of thing. And so again, figure out who you are. Like if you're somebody who actually does love to text 24-7 and you need that type of friendship, then you should seek out friends who also need that. But for me, and I think a lot of people in their 20s, we realize that we need more low-maintenance friends because, again, these are selfish selfish years. So you're trying to figure out your career. You're trying to hustle. You're trying to pay your bills. You're trying to climb the ladder. And... You, you need friends who understand your priorities and where they lie. And if your social life is kind of slipping by the wayside, they're not in your ear like, oh my gosh, are we not friends anymore? Or, oh my gosh, I'm mad at you because you bailed on this plan that we had last minute. Or, oh my gosh, the last three times I've tried to hang out with you, you say that you're busy. Sometimes you're fucking busy, okay? And you need friends who understand that and so i i think there's this this shift that when you get into your 20s you need to have more low maintenance friends and again i just i keep going back to this but i think a lot of us too i'm sure you can you can relate like you have those friends who live in different states and you call them every six months and it's or you maybe see them uh for the first time in a year. And it's like nothing ever changed because you guys are both secure enough in yourselves and you guys are both on your own individual journeys enough to know that you guys have your own priorities. And just because you're not making time for your relationship, texting, calling 24 seven in that sense doesn't mean that you're not friends anymore. It just means that other things are taking precedent in your life. And so I think when it comes to being in your 20s and having great people who are uplifting and cheering you on and supporting you and and being that person that's going to always rally behind your goals and your dreams and desires and understand that sometimes those might come first or maybe you're like me and you have a, a child and your family might come first. I think that's what we all need in our 20s is more low-maintenance friends who are there when you need them, but not pestering you when you don't. The other thing I want to chat about, because I think this is actually something that people have differing opinions about, and I'm going to take a sip of my coffee real quick because I forgot what it's like to podcast solo and just talk for 30 minutes straight, so excuse me while I... Take a little coffee break. This is one that people, I feel like, definitely have differing opinions about. And I think it has to do with their personality. But I really value, when it comes to friends, having friends that I can also blend And what I mean by that is like, I might have a friend that I met on my own. Well, actually that's, that's normally how it happens for me. I always meet my friends just by myself and then I bring my friends together and I'm sort of the person that like brings people together. Whereas I know a lot of people who do have separate friends, like they have their going out friends, they have their workout buddy, they have their, their coworkers, they have their friends from high school or college And a lot of people like to keep those groups separate. I am somebody who has always blended and meshed my friends together. And I don't know exactly why I'm like that. But I think I am just the type of person that's like the more the merrier. I love having a lot of people around, especially people who I know will get along. I'm wondering if you guys can hear my laundry because the laundry is going off. Give me one minute. I know. I think it turned off. Okay. Um, I, I feel like I've picked friends that very much embody a lot of who I am as well. And so I know that they're going to get along. Like I'm not somebody who has very different friends that like, I know one person's not going to get along with the other person. And so I think it's been easy for me to blend my friends, but I know a lot of people who don't blend their friends. And I think Here's why I wanted to mention this and why I think it's important for me and important in your 20s is because, like I mentioned, your 20s are your selfish years and you have other priorities. You have a lot going on. You got work, you got dreams, you got goals, you got side hustles, you got relationships, you got a lot of things going on. Maybe you have kids like I do. And so when you do set out to be social and prioritize your Saturday night or Saturday day for socializing, you just want to fit a lot fit it all in, right? Like I just for me at least, <laughs> when I go through the week and then I'm like Saturday I'm having I'm seeing friends. I wanna see all my friends in one day. Cause then I just like bing bam boom knock it out. I see my friends and then I'm I'm fulfilled in my social life and also they are fulfilled in seeing me, you know? So I, I don't know if anybody else can relate to that, but I just feel like it's so much easier to Kind of like habit stack your friends in a sense. Like have all your friends hang out in the same day. And I also just love when my friends love each other. Like I love when my my friends meet and then they also have their own little friendship. I've never been the person that is like, oh my gosh, my friends are hanging out without me. And I was the one who introduced them. That's so weird. Why did they not ask me? Like, no, especially now being a mom and most of my friends don't have kids. I'm like, please go do things without me. Like go hang out without me. Like I love when my friends love each other and when they hang out with each other, because it's just a testament to the people that I've chosen to surround myself with. It's, it, it's nice to know that they all really get along and that if I want to have a bunch of people over and have my one night a week where I see my friends, that I don't have to worry about prioritizing different friends and being like, oh, this person can't come because she doesn't like this person or he doesn't get along well with this person. That's just too much for me. Again, high maintenance versus low maintenance, I can't. Like, I just need friends who... I can plop in a situation and don't feel like I need to coddle or handhold and they can bop around and meet other people, talk to whoever and hold their own. So that's the other thing that I wanted to mention too with low maintenance versus high maintenance is I need friends who, let me paint a picture. So my parents have a lot of get togethers. They have a lot of parties or uh, like gatherings at their house. And I'm somebody who will always invite my friends and my parents are always like, yeah, invite your friends, like have everyone over. And a lot of the time at these events or these gatherings, there will be like my parents' older friends or my sister's younger friends sometimes when she wants to like be a part of the family or it's just like me and my friends. And I need to have friends who... Like when I have to engage with my parents' friends at these gatherings, they're not like standing right next to me trying to get into the conversation because they feel weird or awkward. They're like introducing themselves to people. They're getting to know other people. They're holding their own. They're not there to like just be glued to my side. I can't do that. Or even if like I am at a bar with friends and one of my friends doesn't know everybody else like. I am not going to be the person that's staying with that friend that doesn't know everybody else. I need the person to like in in involve themselves. That's the word. Like involve themselves with my, with the people that they don't know and get out of their comfort zone, introduce themselves to people, meet other people, hang out with other people. Not just like be next to me solely. And I think that when you're in your 20s, that's really important because you are going to be in a situation where you are meeting new people. And I think it's important to keep doing so when you have your friends. And so if you guys can meet new people together and it not be weird and it not feel like you need to handhold, that is so clutch because it just is more conducive to your own personal growth, which is literally all about what your 20s are about. Okay, so I think where I want to transition now before I wrap this up in a bow is how do you approach cutting off a friend or setting a boundary when you realize that they're no longer serving you or you have grown apart, right? Because I'm sitting here saying like, this is what you need in a friend. This is what you should value in a friend. This is the things that you should audit. You should really be cognizant of who you're surrounding yourself with. So then what if you're like, okay, Amanda, I've, I've kind of ran through the list and I've realized there are a few people in my life who I don't really want to surround myself with anymore. And it's not this big thing. It doesn't need to be this like, oh, I hate this person now. It's more of just like, we just don't have much in common anymore. How do you navigate that? How do you either cut the friendship off or set a boundary? And so I think you have to start by deciding what that friendship needs. Okay. And what I mean by that is you need to decide if a conversation needs to be had or not. So for example, maybe you are realizing that a friend that you've been friends with since you were 12 years old is somebody that you still care for deeply, but is somebody that the last, for the last six months, you guys have been hanging out and it's just not enjoyable. You're kind of pulling teeth to find common ground. You're realizing that, you know, they're interested in a lot of other things. You're interested in a lot of other things. And every time you come together, it's just sort of this awkward thing where you're kind of leaving the situation relieved that that it's over, right? One, I want to, uh, again, reiterate that they probably feel the same way, okay? And I think that helps people when they're approaching how to navigate this conversation is understanding they probably are feeling the same thing you're feeling. And so if it's one of these situations, you've known this person for forever, you really still care for them a lot. I am always, I guess in every situation, but especially in this one, I'm always of the camp that be straight up, be honest. Honesty is everything. And in my experience, being as honest about where you stand and how you feel as possible is going to bring the most closure and therefore a much much cleaner end and again it doesn't have to be a break or like a an end or a break it can just be like a pause but it makes for a much cleaner exit if that makes sense whereas if you didn't have a conversation people the other person might kind of feel like they're still reaching out and be left in the dark and a little confused as to why you're distancing yourself but not saying anything about it. So I just think that like being straight up is important. And I think the way that you approach the conversation has to come from a place of compassion, especially if you care about this person still, it's just that you guys have grown apart. So maybe you decide to meet for coffee or maybe it's a phone call or maybe it's a text, whatever feels comfortable to you. Maybe you decide that yes, you need to have a conversation with this person and you just need to tell them how you've been feeling. And maybe you just say, "Look, I I can't imagine that I am the only one feeling this way, and I'm sure you you have felt similarly. I just feel like in the last 6 months we have grown apart. We've really dived into our own personal growth and what we both like now in this time of our lives at whatever age you are. And because of that, I feel like we've had less and less to talk about. I feel like we have less common ground and I love you so much still. I have so much love in my heart for you and I always will because of our history. And I hope that, you know, in the future we might have more, Similarities and more things to, you know, connect over and bond over. But right now, I'm just feeling like we don't. And because of that, I feel like maybe we should just kind of give each other some space and go our separate ways for a little bit and explore ourselves deeper, explore other friendships deeper, and prioritize those. Because I think that we're both not being fulfilled in this relationship any longer. And so I think if if you decide that that conversation needs to be had, do it from a place of compassion and maybe do it in a way that feels best for you. So whether that's calling, whether that's over coffee, whether that's over a glass of wine, whether that's texting, whatever it is, if you decide that that conversation needs to be had, then it needs to be had. And I in my experience, I've had conversations with friends where I'm just like, "Look, I don't think that you like who I am anymore." And who I in that I like who you are anymore, and that's not to be pointed. That's not to be argumentative. That's just to be honest. Like, I don't think it makes sense for us to continue trying to work towards this relationship when I just feel like we have grown into different people, and you don't like this version of me, and I don't like this version of you, and there's nothing wrong with that. And so I think if you can just like leave even the playing field and have them understand this is a two-way street, and I'm sure you're feeling the same way, that it helps. And also, if you come from a place of compassion and just radical honesty, how are they going to be mad at that? And if they are, they're entitled to those feelings, but that's not on you. You've done your job. The other way that you can cut friends off or set a boundary is if you decide that a conversation really doesn't need to be had like maybe you haven't known this person for a while but you guys were hot and heavy for a bit and now you're realizing like you're not really wanting to be with this person as much as you wanted to in the past like you don't want to spend as much time with them or maybe you kind of like it's a new friendship and this person's like really into you and like really wants to be your friend, but you're just like, nah, it's not a vibe. I don't think that those conversations really ju- justify a conversation or those friendships like are justified to have a conversation. I think when it comes to those, they should just be things that you let gradually fizzle out. Because again, if you are somebody who is, prioritizing things that are very different to what this person enjoys, you're naturally just going to spend your time elsewhere. And I think these relationships are things that just eventually on their own naturally fizzle out. And I'm sure a lot of you listening have experienced this in the past. So maybe just slowly distancing yourself. Not You don't have to lie to them and make excuses every single time they want to hang out, but just maybe being like, yeah, not tonight. I'm I'm feeling like I just need a self-care night in. And when you say that, if they're not into self-care, they might be like, okay, what? Like this person is totally different from me and obviously like not on the same wavelength. And so I think it's just a lot easier in some situations to just let them fizzle out naturally. But I think when it comes to setting a boundary or cutting your friends off and cutting relationships off You just have to have, it's about deciding whether that friendship warrants a conversation or doesn't. And you need to be okay with the outcome of either. So if you decide a conversation needs to happen and it doesn't go the way that you planned, even though you led with compassion, you have to be okay with that outcome. And maybe that outcome is that that person doesn't like you very much because they're mad at you for doing that. And that's okay. Or you decide that it doesn't warrant a conversation and you just want to let it fizzle out and it does and that's totally fine or that person is like continuing to pester you because there's no closure there you got to be okay with that too (laughs) so decide if a conversation needs to happen if it does have it if it doesn't doesn't but also be okay with the outcome and the consequence that that is going to lend itself to. Okay, this was a very long-winded episode, but it felt really good, and I'm glad that we were able to have a conversation about this because I think it's something that everyone goes through and a lot of people in their 20s are dealing with is how do I navigate the friendships that I have had for so long but might be growing apart from, or how do I really cultivate the friendships that I now am craving And so I hope that this brought you guys a lot of clarity. I hope that it resonated. And if you are searching for friends who are in the same phase of life as you or interested in the same things that you are, you guys can always join the Pretty Naked because if you're listening to me and like what I have to say, I'm sure that I will like what you have to say and that it'll be a vibe. So you can always join the Pretty Naked, come to our virtual events. They're super low pressure and it's just a great way to meet like-minded women. But if not, you can also really just do your own, again, self-discovery. Think about the things that are bringing you joy, the hobbies and the values, and then go to those places. Go where those people will be. So... I really hope that this episode resonated again. I hope that you enjoyed it. And if you guys have any topics you guys want me to talk about in sort of this like advice, just girly chat, like we're having a couch chat session, like if that's the kind of vibe you like, then DM me. Let me know if you have a topic you want me to cover. I will gladly do so. And yeah, I hope to see you guys in the next episode. I hope by the time this episode is out, I've given birth or I'm in labor. So let's let's just see. Let's see what happens. But again, I hope this helped, and I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. I will see you next week for another episode.